Shabbat Shalom. Days away from the fall festivals. You know, it just seemed like they were so far away, and now they're right here. They're on us. It's a lot of work for the staff when we come into the spring and the fall. It is a blur, and, uh, but it is glorious. We love it, and it's full of a lot of joy and celebration. So we're super excited about that. I'm going to talk about the Seven Trumpets Part 2 picking up from last week. And so I want to remind you that the Festival of Trumpets is one of eight annual holy days of God. These are our holy days. They define us. They inform us. They identify us. So they're really a big deal for all of our families. Yom Teruah, the Festival of Trumpets, finds its fulfillment in the return of Jesus and in the great white throne judgment of God when he judges the living and the dead. And today we're going to take a brief look at the last three of the seven trumpets of God in the book of Revelation and how they reveal what is coming and how we can prepare for it. So thank you for joining uh, today in this celebration as we anticipate the kickoff of the fall festivals. And these last three, oh, they're doozers. So I think you're going to enjoy this today. Now, let's jump into Colossians 2.16. That's been our kind of chair passage that uh, gives us a little bit of orientation as to why we keep the holy days. Colossians 2.16, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or in regard with regard to a festival, a new moon, or a Sabbath. These are shadows of things to come. I've pointed this out, so let me say it again. These are shadows of things that are coming. The reason we keep the holy days is they're centered and focused on Yeshua and what he's going to do in his return. That gives us perspective so that we know how to live and how to respond to all the things that are happening all around us. That's why we keep the holy days. They exalt and magnify who Yeshua is. It goes on to say, the substance belongs to Christ. The reality of the holy days, the fulfillment of the holy days is in Jesus. We keep these days because they keep us focused on him. So let's recap Revelation chapter 8, the context of the seven trumpets of God. Well, the context, the wider context, of, of course, is the judgment and fall of Babylon, the great city system that rules the world. It is this city or spirit of Babylon that wages war against God's people. It did so from the beginning under Nebuchadnezzar, if you remember. And that spirit of Babylon jumps onto that next empire and the next one as it makes its way down through history. Of course, using the power of government, of empire, of elitism to persecute the people of God. However, we shall be victorious. We've been victorious in the past, we'll be victorious in our present, and we'll be victorious in our future. Our job is to stand against Babylon. Our job is to resist and even expose the spirit of Babylon, her wicked ideologies, and her lawless agendas. Spiritual warfare makes its way to our world. We're caught up in that. 
we end up fighting the battle on the earthly plane along with the battle that's corresponding on the spiritual plane. It all gets woven together and we're wrapped up in it. Spirit of Babylon from the beginning, jumping into Persia, then Greece, then Rome, and all the ways that they persecuted the people of God. And now the corrupt powers all around us today as we witness the rise of the spirit of Babel, Babylon, on a global level as never seen before. We're, we're witnesses to that. It's rising right now. You can feel it. You can see it everywhere. Now, the good news is, like Egypt of old, we, the believers, will be protected from the judgments of God on Babylon and on those who are in bed with her. She is a prostitute after all, right? So God says, I'm going to judge her and those that are in bed with her. He says, come out of her, my people. These judgments are not for you. He says, come out. He's warning us. It's one of the angelic messengers from heaven saying to the people of God, come out so that you don't experience her strong judgments. That implies that believers could be caught up in these judgments. Believers who have compromised and joined in with Babylon, her values, her beliefs, her agendas. God's saying, no, 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 come out because I'm going to judge her, right? And the God who judges her is strong. So in Revelation 18, you see the culmination of that. Go and read that when you get a chance. You'll certainly not want to be a part of this Babylon system that's emerging all around the world right now. Revelation chapter 7 and verse 3. He says, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the bondservants of our God on their foreheads. God protected his people in Egypt from the plagues. They fell on the Egyptians. Well, the first three fell on everyone. But the last seven, and seven's the number, Seven's the number of what? The bulls of wrath, the seven trumpets, and the seven, help me out. Huh? Seals. Thank you. Thank you. Seals. Seal. Yeah. Seven, seven, seven. Three series of seven. And God promises to protect his people from these judgments, just as he protected Israel in Egypt from the final seven plagues that came upon Egypt. So he's going to mark his people out and then he forbids these demonic agencies that he uses to torment this world and to bring it down. He protects us from those demonic, violent spirits. May part two of this message on trumpets inspire you to stand resolutely against Babylon and her ways. Paybacks are coming. Her fall is predetermined. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints. Slide 23, is it up? Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and apostles and prophets, because God has pronounced judgment for you against her. I want to remind you again 
that the souls of those that were persecuted and even martyred are crying out from the altar of God, do something. Don't, don't just stand by and allow the spirit of this world to crush us and destroy us. Vindicate us. Take vengeance for us, O Lord. And then this angel mixes some incense with their, their prayers and it ascends into the heavenlies and God then says, I hear you and I will now respond to you and bring judgment because you asked for it. I love you. I'll do it. The judgment of Babylon is because he loves you and me and he's going to deal with this world that is lashed out against us. So judgment is coming. Last week, we looked at the first four trumpets. Each one signaled and initiated a terrible judgment against this world system and those who have embraced it. These are revelations, each trumpet, a revelation of what is coming. And understanding what is coming prepares us for it so that we're not taken by surprise. We ended with this passage. It's Revelation chapter 8 and 13. That's what we ended with last week. I'd like to read it for you as we jump into today's message. Then I looked and I heard an eagle flying in mid-heaven saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth because the remaining blasts of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. Yet if you think it was bad up till now, you haven't seen anything yet. The first four trumpets are going to look like a walk in the park compared to the last. Again, this is the season of trumpets. We're coming into the festival of trumpets. All of this is related to this festival. Again, before we proceed to the last three trumpets, the word of the Lord has come to me saying, Fear not, I am with you. I am the strong one, the most high God from eternity past. I am orchestrating all these judgments. Fear not, for I shall keep you and bring you into eternity future. Fear not, I am the Lord, your God. So I want to encourage you with that because things are going to get really bad. When? I don't know. They're, they're sure ramping up now on a level we've never seen before. But that could be delayed again and again and again before the final crisis comes. Then again, we could be moving into the final crisis. We just don't know. But it's coming, and you can feel it. We all know it. And so every year as we go through the Festival of Trumpets, it reminds us of those coming things. And so I want to encourage you with that, that regardless of what happens, God is sovereign over all of it. He's navigating it. He's going to preserve you and me. We have an eternal future to look forward to in the age to come. Regardless of what happens here, we have a future. So let's look at the last three trumpets. The fifth trumpet, Revelation 9, 1 through 6. Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star from heaven which had fallen to the earth, and the key to the bottomless pit was given to him. He opened the bottomless pit and smoke went up out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke came locusts upon the earth and power was given to them as the scorpions of the earth have power. Note, it, it's an angel who, that has fallen to the earth. And this, this phrase, fallen to the earth, 
is a phrase that you'll find over and over and over in the scripture and even in other uh, Jewish writings outside of the biblical text. It's in reference most of the time. I mean, the vast majority of the time, it's always in reference to a fallen angel. Not a good angel, an evil angel. Think of Jesus when he sent his disciples out to take authority over the uh, serpent and the scorpions, referring to what? The devil and his angels, right? When they came back and they were amazed at that, he said, you know, while you were out there taking authority over the serpent and the scorpions, I saw Satan falling like lightning. Again, that whole imagery of the fallen ones, right? And where are they fallen to? The earth. And to this fallen being, this fallen spirit, this demon, if you will, was given the key to the pit. Probably in reference to hell, the, the very location of the demonic realm, right, that's been locked up, a key's been given to this fallen one in order to release out of the pit the other ones. And they come out. What comes out first is smoke. Smoke is from a burning furnace, which again is the imagery of judgment. So whenever you find apocalyptic judgment, you always see fire and smoke and famine and pestilence and disease. This is code for judgment is being released. And God is using the demonic agency of hell itself to bring judgment on the world. He uses evil to accomplish his purposes. So everything was darkened, and out of this pit came locusts. Now again, we're dealing with apocalyptic uh, literature. It's highly symbolic. It's filled with figures of speech. It's not meant to be taken literal unless it is obvious in, in, in its own uh, grammar. Uh, so these are not in reference to literal locusts. Probably not, because they don't come out of an abyss with a bunch of smoke. Okay? This is in reference to locusts as a metaphor for demonic spirits. So out of this darkness, out of this pit, come these demonic spirits, demons, in order to bring misery to those who are not sealed on their foreheads with the mark of God. Everyone worries about the mark of the beast. I'm worried about the mark of God. I want the mark of God. For what's coming, I want the mark of God. Yeah. Revelation 9.4. They were told, who? These demonic spirits, they were told not to hurt the grass of the earth, nor any green thing, nor any tree. Which is interesting, because if you go to Egypt, that's exactly the three things they're going to hurt. Right? So this is kind of a reversal. Okay? This is a judgment that specifically is going to be somewhere else, another location. It's on the people who are unmarked. They were told not to hurt the grass of the earth, nor any green thing, nor any tree, but only the men who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Again, these are tormenting spirits. Their work is to lie, deceive, bring about confusion and chaos. Think about the world we're living in right now. Now, I don't think we're there I think we're moving towards that. I don't know how close we are, but I've never seen before in my whole life the emergence, not just here in the United States, 
globally. All the confusion and chaos. Think of the 2020 election. Think of the man-made China virus. The subsequent shutdowns and how that has affected the entire world. Based on what? Truths or propaganda, right? Mandated vaccines, the weaponizing of the FBI and the IRS to really go after conservatives. That's what we've seen already. You've got open borders resulting in an invasion that will devastate us as a nation. All the lies and the deception related to this, all the confusion and chaos. Think about it. Our highest institutions redefining what's right and wrong, what's good and evil. They redefined marriage. Astonishing. Came up with a definition that God says, that's an abomination. You'll release curses on yourself. You'll bring about my wrath if you don't repent. Redefining sexuality. Redefining gender. Look at the confusion that that's led to in all of our institutions. It's just, we're just beginning to see the legal nightmare and all the lawsuits in all of our institutions. It's going to collapse us as a nation. Look at the new definition of racism. I, I'm just thinking these are, these are like demonic lies that how is it everyone buys into these redefinitions that are irrational, illogical that are just apparent perversions of that which we know and understand intuitively. How, how does that even happen, right? We, we're, we're talking about a collective madness over our nation and now over the world. God says there's curses for rebellion. One of the curses is this. The Lord will smite you with madness and with blindness and with bewilderment of heart. Now, that's, that's a national curse, by the way, okay? Madness. Think about that. Bewilderment of heart. It says, the alien who is among you shall rise above you higher and higher, but you will go down lower and lower. Sickness, disease, famine, economic collapse, we're there. Look, look at the rate of inflation and look at the stock market we're in the crash zone right now. Now, we're not going to see the effects of that for another year or two, but it's all there. It's, it's, it's happening. Now, I'm not even saying on the level of what we're looking at in Revelation 9, but it's leading to that. It's a forerunner to that. It may trigger that. We don't know yet. We'll see. It doesn't matter. We're kept through it all. You know, we are kept through it all. Instead of madness and bewilderment, we have clarity and joy. Through all of it, it's just amazing. Okay, so sickness, disease, famine, economic collapse, rise in violent crimes, et cetera, et cetera. Lawlessness spreads like the virus, right? And they were not permitted, these demons were not permitted to kill anyone, but to torment for five months. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings a man. And in those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die and death flees from them. The increase in collective curses are resulting in a collective madness. Our nation as a nation has gone mad. There is a collective 
insanity that we're all looking at and watching all around. I, I don't even know. I don't even know how people can play the game. They're actually really deceived. Think about that, right? A collective madness. We're seeing the rise of a collective fear in America, right? I mean, we saw that with coronavirus. Everyone's all flipped out. Man, wear the mask. Man, if you didn't have a mask, I remember walking down the street. And as we're walking down the street, there's another couple walking towards us. We got about like 20 yards from them. We weren't wearing a mask. And they both like looked at us, you know, and they grabbed their masks and they ran across the street to get on the other side to keep walking. Think, what? What is that? I mean, it was just a level of fear that, oh my gosh, we're going to die. There's someone without a mask. We're talking about a collective fear that's driving all of us to do things that are just bizarre. A collective depression is approaching. We're seeing the rise of all these mental illnesses related to fear and depression. The suicide rates are are rising, right? I believe that during the time that we're reading about, it will be exponential. Take all of this and just make it exponential. And that's what we're going to see. Again, the righteous will be protected from this. Revelation 9, 13 through 19, the sixth trumpet. Then the sixth angel sounded, and I heard the voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, one saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who were bounded the great river Euphrates. And the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released so that they would kill a third of mankind. Every trumpet introduces horrible things followed by a trumpet that then makes that look like a walk in the park the fifth one says just torment him the sixth trumpet says kill him this is a great movie we they should make this a movie like lord of the rings you know okay kill a third of mankind the number of the armies of the horsemen was 200 million i heard the number of them and this is how i saw in the vision the horses and those who sat on them the riders had breastplates of color of the color of fire again the language of judgment fire and i can't even say that word and brimstone and the heads of the horses are like the heads of lions and out of the mouths proceed fire and smoke and brimstone the language of catastrophe A third of mankind was killed by these three plagues, by fire and the smoke and the brimstone which proceeded out of their mouths. Think of Sodom and Gomorrah. We got to go over when we were in Israel to see um, one of the potential sites of Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, It was during, uh, it was two weeks after 9-11 when they bombed our buildings, right? So there's no one in Israel. Tourism was at an all-time low. It just came to a halt. You could go to any tourist site and go right to the front. It was amazing. We, were, we like had these incredible visits to all these different places with no crowds at all. So we get down to these alternate sites, and there's not even anyone there. And it says, it says you cannot go beyond this point because almost all of this area is just like white ash, and it can collapse. It's like, it's like just a region of like two cities that used to exist that are just burnt to the ground and some of those areas are unstable it said it said well it was in hebrew 
And our friend who took us there, who met us there, who has dual citizenship, I said, what's that sign say? He says, well, you can't go beyond this point. He says, it's, you know, you, you, it, it's dangerous, you know. And I said, well, let's go. And he said, well, it says you can't go. I said, it's Hebrew. I can't read it. So we went, and we walked all around. It was great. I didn't care. I, it was just great. And, uh, but we were able to take that, that white ash that had collapsed. All these buildings were compressed, these, these homes and stuff. We brought some of that back, and, uh, but it was amazing. But uh, I think it's Jude or Peter that talks about those cities are there today, and the evidence of that fire that destroyed those cities is for all to see, to remind everyone that I am a God who judges wickedness. And this is coming again. It's going to be much bigger than Sodom and Gomorrah. Many, many cities are going to be toast. A third of mankind killed. Based on today's population of approximately 8 billion people, the dead would be approximately 2.7 billion people. 2.7 billion dead people. The National Science Foundation has a table that ranks history's most deadly events. I'll give you the top five. Influenza pandemic, 1918 to 1919, 20 to 40 million deaths. The Black Plague, 20 to 25 million deaths. The AIDS pandemic, 21.8 million deaths. World War II, 15.9 million deaths. World War I, 9.2 million deaths. Now, let me give you a perspective. Let's put all five together. The total deaths of these five most deadly events in human history at their highest estimates is 113 million, which is only about 4% of the total who will die under the sixth trumpet. God's going to judge this world like he's never judged it before. I say, it's time to surrender your hearts to Jesus. I know most of you have. You know, you know, I used to believe that each of the trumpets was God's way of saying, repent and turn to me, because the worst is coming. And the more that I've read, it appears that that's not the case. He's not warning people. He sealed the righteous, and now he's holding the unbelievers in their unbelief and pouring out judgment after judgment after judgment until they're destroyed. Revelation 11.15, the seventh and final trumpet. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ and he will reign forever and ever. Thank you. Thank you, Federal Reserve and World Bankers. Thank you, United Nations, for organizing all of us. Thank you, NATO and European Nation, the World Trade Organization. Thanks to the G20 group, right? The group of 20. Good job. You created a one-world global government. We'll take it from here.
just hand it over because it's ours. It's the Messiah who receives as an inheritance all the nations. Psalms 2, Daniel 7 says, and then he turns and gives it to his people. Thank you. Good job. Love that portfolio. Hand it over. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. People, I'm telling you something. Being saved is everything. But the icing on the cape is, is all the stuff we get along with that. Right? Right? Paul says, if God has given his best, his son Jesus, will he not with him also give us all things? He's going to give us all things. I am so pumped. That's why I keep the festivals. They excite me. They inform me. They embolden me. Man. Thank you, Soros. Okay. Man, you know what? I'll I'll tell you, I just can't even. I'm going to go. I got to go to the last verse. I'm going to skip some because I just don't have time. Revelation 11, 19. Oh, I, I don't even, you know, I should just do part two of this. I'm going to save this. I don't know when I can, I'm going to get to it because I've got to move on to Sukkot. But I will, I will finish this. Suffice it to say that Yom Teruah, the day of blowing, finds its fulfillment in King Jesus. It's the final seventh trumpet that has blown the trumpet of God, if you will, when Jesus returns and begins his rule and reign in the glorious phase on this earth. That's an amazing time that's coming. Right now, we're in the redemptive phase of his kingdom. He's here. He's ruling and reigning from heaven, and the redemptive phase is here. It's going to go into its glorious phase when the kingdom of this world is given to him, and then we get a rule and reign with him. The boys are back in town. Boys being gender inclusive. Because the women get a... This might be a shock, okay? But the women get a rule too. The women get to sit on thrones of judgment too. We're going to judge everyone, the living and the dead with Jesus, and we're going to judge the angels too. And his daughters are a part of that royal judgment. Bam, mic drop, bam. Okay, it's so exciting. This is why we keep the holy days. This is why we rejoice in these days. This is why we celebrate these days because they're all about the glory of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's it. Shabbat Shalom.